You're listening to a rebroadcast of a live walk talk from Instagram. Okay, so hope everybody's doing well today. It is Friday. I believe it's October 1st, 2021, and I appreciate you joining me. If you're new to my ministry, um, I'm on what's called a walk talk. So a walk talk is simply a casual conversation that I have with you. Um, well, not so much a conversation, a talk that I have, and you guys watch while I talk. I do have interactive live events, but I mostly do those on TikTok. So if you ever want to be able to ask me a question on a live, follow my TikTok account because I do live Q&A sessions on TikTok. I'll be glad to answer any of your questions. You can also email me. If you want to contact me, you can always go to my website, go to my contact page, and then send me a message and I will definitely respond to you. All right, so I want to thank you guys for joining me today. Um, Again, if you're new to my ministry, this is a walk talk. I'm walking, I'm talking. What am I walking and talking about? Jesus. Jesus is the center of my ministry. We have to recenter our ministries onto Jesus. We have to recenter our lives onto Jesus. If we do that, we understand the grace of God. We begin to have our relationships improve, our self-confidence, our identity is unearthed, not changed, but we discover who we truly are as a new creation. That's what you are. You're a brand new creation. If you have believed in Christ for salvation, by grace, once in your lifetime, you're a brand new creation. There's nothing wrong with you. You may have immature actions and attitudes, sin, sinful actions and attitudes, but you are not your sins. You are not your actions. You are not your attitudes. You are a brand new creation. So when we come to understand who we are as new creations, then we can live that way. I had somebody commenting on my post the other day where I said, we are not sinful and they could not grasp the fact that Christians are not sinful. They continued to reply, yeah, but I keep sinning. And then I would say, yes, but you are not your sin. Yeah, but what do I do when I sin? Repent, learn, grow, mature. Yeah, but what if I keep doing it? It doesn't mean you're that sin. It doesn't mean you're needing more forgiveness. It doesn't change your identity you're good to go. You are a brand new creation. You've been born again. Now you're maturing. You are not sin. There's nothing wrong with you. You sin because you're a human being, because you live on planet earth, (laughs) because you're learning and growing and trying to figure out how to live as a saint. But those things do not change who you are. What changed who you are? The blood of Jesus, it forgave you. It sanctified you. We see this in Hebrews chapter 10. We see this in 1 Corinthians 6. You have been sanctified. You're a brand new creation. Your old self, your old sinful spirit that you were born with was crucified on the cross, buried in the tomb, and then you were resurrected as a brand new creation. You are not the same person as you once were before you believed in Christ for salvation. We see this in Romans chapter 6. We see this in 2 Corinthians 5. We see this in Galatians 2. We see this in Colossians to it's everywhere you're new so separate who you are from what you do separate your who 
from your due, and then you will understand I am not sinful, even though I sin. If you were sinful, you should be sinning. It, it only makes sense. It's a natural thing to do. I'm a sinner. I might as well sin. But you're not a sinner. That is what you were before salvation. You're a saint. You're a holy one. You're a new creation. So what makes sense is to live holy. Live righteously. Express the fruit of the Spirit. Be yourself. But you're not doing these things to maintain who you are. All right, so that is my ministry. I want to build up confidence in who Jesus is because all those things are built on Christ. Then I want to build up confidence in who you are. Once we understand those things, then we can mature, learn, and grow. We put our identity first, and then we know behavior follows identity. We don't put behavior first and then try to maintain our identity through behavior. That's what the Pharisees did. Remember, Jesus said if you want to do those things to be righteous, be perfect like God is perfect. They couldn't do it. They were in need of a savior, just like you, just like me. Only we have believed as Christians on this side of the cross, and we are new creations. So anytime you see a Bible passage that is describing something negative, fearful, that's not directed at a Christian. Why? Jesus. Jesus. That's why. Jesus. This is not my idea. <laughs> this is not my, if this was my idea, I would outwork you. I'm a type A personality. I'm go, 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 do, 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 achieve, 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 achieve. And the, the people who strive like that, the hardest are those who truly understand the grace of God. I believe in the deepest ways because they get burnt out. Look at Paul. Paul bragged on his lineage. And what did he say after that? I count it all as dung. None of that stuff matters. What matters? That you're a new creation. That Christ has died for your sins. You're completely forgiven forever. And there's nothing you can do to change that. Yeah, but what if I don't believe anymore? When you're faithless, he remains faithful. You've been reborn. You can't undo your supernatural rebirth into the family of God. So either you didn't believe to begin with, or you're still saved. You're just confused. Let's put more confidence in Jesus. How about that? How about we also stop turning the word repentance into a work? So many people, they go to church, they hear a message about Jesus, and then they get saved. Not saying they are or they aren't, but let's say they get saved, and the next Sunday, they come to church and they're, set, and they're told, you better repent. If you don't repent, you really didn't get saved. What does that mean? So, in essence, they're forgiven until they sin again. Then they got to repent. Then what do I do to repent? Do I change? How can I prove? Do you see it? It's a works-based righteousness. And we've turned the word repent into a work. We can't do that. We repent because we are sinless, blameless new creations. Not to maintain that. Okay? All right. So just some background on my ministry there. Those are some things I'm passionate about. I want to help you. I want to help you rest because I know what it's like to not be confident in Jesus. I know what it's like to not be confident in myself and I can help you. All right. So, um, I am an author. Um, I'm actually a child of God, but people ask me, what do you do? I'm a Christian author. I've written seven books. All my books are available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. Check them out. If you want to go deeper into this stuff that I'm talking about. All right, so let's get to 
today's walk talk. America does not need a revival. <laughs> America doesn't need a revival. This is just like to so many people. They're like, what? What do you mean we don't? Yes, we do. We need to humble ourselves, repent, and God will heal our land. No. We don't. Let's look at the word revival. What does revival mean? Break it down. It means to relive. To relive. So what are we doing? We need to get America to relive? No. So why why do we have this connotation of revival? Because in the early 1900s, there was this thing that happened called tent revivals, where very charismatic people, nothing against charismatic people, I'm charismatic. Look how I act when I talk to you. But when very charismatic people who don't understand the new covenant would go to a tent and they would get really worked up and they would call them tent revivals, I'm not saying that they were bad. I'm just saying there's some error in regard to calling it a revival. And the reason why is you had no life to begin with. We are born sinners. So we have no life to relive. Ephesians says you were dead in your trans... Ephesians, sorry, it, it disconnected. Ephesians says you were dead in your transgressions. You were dead in your spirit. You're dead. So how can you relive if you never had life to begin with? So the problem with this, we need a revival deal is we get addicted to an event. We get addicted to, we got to do more stuff to get people to do more stuff to get people to do. Do you see it? It's a, it's a cyclical event of pressure and works and it's not the easiness of the gospel. Here's what we need. We need to let people know if they will believe in Christ for salvation by grace, once they become new, you don't have to feel anything. Salvation is not a feeling. Salvation is not an experience. I'm not saying you can't have a feeling. I'm not saying you can't have an experience. I'm saying there are lots of pagan tribal religions where people are dancing around a campfire having lots of experiences lots of events <laughs> Jesus is not involved with that stuff I'm not saying that's what happened to you I'm saying let's shift our focus away from feelings because some people get addicted to the feeling they get addicted to the event they get addicted to the experience I don't know how else to say that without, you know, being a little bit disrespectful. So I'm not going to continue with that. But we need to tell people that they're new creations, that there's nothing wrong with them, that they're growing, that they're learning. Once you come to salvation, you're new. God removes your old, wicked, sinful heart that you are born with naturally. The prophet Ezekiel foretold about this. I will remove your heart and give you a new heart. 
Yet we want to look back and cherry pick the wicked, sinful, deceitful heart and apply it to a Christian and say there's still something wrong with their heart. There's nothing wrong with your heart. You have a new heart. Romans 6 says you are obedient from the heart. Before salvation, you're spiritually dead. You have a wicked heart. You were naturally sinful. Not after salvation. After salvation, you become new. This is hard to fathom because you still do stuff that doesn't seem like you're new. Give it time. Some people will go their entire life in denial of their holiness, but they know. They know. Your lifespan is a little bitty blip on the, on the radar of eternity. So even if you live to 115 years and you're in denial about something, you know. Why is this? Hebrews tells us it is because God has written his laws on our hearts and minds. Not law. Not L-A-W, as in the law of Moses. God did not write 613 commandments on you, on your heart, on your mind. He has written his laws, who he is, his character, his identity, his spirit is in you. He's not up. He's not coming and going. He's in. He's joined you. You have died, Paul tells the Colossians, and your life has been hidden in Christ. You are literally and I know what literally means. We don't use the word literally properly nowadays. We literally use the word literally metaphorically. But you are literally one spirit with God. He could not join you. 1 Corinthians six seventeen. He could not join you unless you became sinless first by believing in Christ for salvation. Becoming new through the resurrection. We see this in Galatians 2, 20. My old self died. Then he talks about his new self. It's not all of Jesus and none of you. It's both of you together. It's a relationship. You're not a puppet. You're a person. You have a personality. God can work with you. He's not intimidated by you. He's not mad at you. He's not frustrated with you. You work together as you mature in obedience because you are obedient. All right. So this, this is what we need to tell people rather than say, we got to have another tent revival. We got to have another tent revival. We got to have another revival. Oh, I'm going down to the revival. Going to the revival. God, oh, come on down to the revival. No disrespect to the people who continue to do this, even though, <laughs> even though it might seem like I'm disrespectful. Maybe you're taking it disrespectfully. I don't mean it disrespectfully. We don't need a revival. We had no life to have to begin with. So what do we have now? We have the life of Christ. He's not reliving in us. It's not an ongoing thing where he's reviving us. Revive. You have died. You have died supernaturally. Not your flesh. You didn't crucify your flesh. If you did, you would be dead. You crucified the flesh with its passions, its desires. There's nothing wrong with your body. There's nothing wrong with your spirit because it's new. There's nothing wrong with your soul, your mind, your free will, your emotions. Nothing wrong with any part of you. You're growing. You're maturing. You're learning new stuff. You don't need to relive. You have all the life you'll ever have. Okay? All right. So I want to talk quickly about Second uh, Chronicles 7.14. <sighs> Woo! 
<laughs> and I'm checking myself right here because um, I want to talk to you guys about this with, without coming across disrespectful. I don't want to, I don't ever want you to think I'm disrespecting you, even though I get super passionate about this stuff. Um, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. So please, <laughs> when you listen to me, please don't think I'm trying to disrespect you. I really am not. I just, um, I have to be myself. And when I try to be all prim and proper and quote every scripture verbatim, never be wrong and come to me for all of the answers. That's not me. I got to be me. I got to be hat backwards, sleeveless, Allen Iverson on my shirt. I have to be myself. So part of being myself is being passionate about scripture that I know is, is just wiped across the globe as error. One of those scriptures is Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people will humble themselves and uh, repent, I will heal their land and forgive them. What's the context? First of all, this is not talking about America. This was written hundreds of years before Jesus. Okay, so clearly it's not talking about America. This was also written to the people group of Israel, the Jews. What do they need to repent toward, back toward? The law of Moses. Why? Because when Moses had freed them from slavery in Egypt, he made a covenant. He was the mediator between Israel and God. Moses was the mediator and the angels. During that covenant, Israel said, we will do everything written in the law. We will do it all, Lord. We promise. 613 commandments. We cherry picked 10, but they knew you couldn't cherry pick. Deuteronomy 4 says, do not add to, do not take away from. You got to do it all. And they said, we will do all of it. So in second chronic in second Chronicles seven, it had been building up and building up and building up and building up because they weren't doing their part of the covenant, which is obeying everything in the book of the law. They weren't doing it. So they needed to repent back toward doing that. Solomon had just built the temple and he was dedicating the temple and he was telling Israel, Hey guys, Repent, turn back towards the law. God will heal our land. They weren't doing it. They were rebelling against the old covenant. Yet we want to apply this to America today and it's not the context at all. We weren't in that covenant. We had nothing to do with it. And then he slaughtered thousands of animals to dedicate the temple. That's the context. This is not even talking about modern day Israel because that state wasn't even uh, established until 1948. So when we see the word Israel in scripture, it's not talking about the country. It's talking about the people group, the Jews, the Hebrews. So we can't look at that passage and then combine it with the revival and then say, let's, let's just point out everybody's sin and make them feel bad. And then maybe they'll humble themselves and, and we'll get them to stop doing bad stuff. No, they don't need that. They don't need that. They need to be told Jesus will make you new if you'll place your faith in him and stop working. Stop working. Stop working so hard. These people who our modern church wants to point out as the worst of the worst, they've been lied to so much about Jesus, they don't want anything to do with them. And I'm sick of it. We need to start telling people the truth about Jesus. Because it doesn't matter what they do, what they don't do, an unbeliever has no supernatural life. 
They're born spiritually dead because of Adam. Because all of us were inside of Adam's reproductive organs when he sinned. So we inherited the curse of Adam by no fault of our own. But then we inherit righteousness from God by no work of our own. This is why America does not need a revival. We don't need the Second Chronicles 714 spewed from our pulpits. We need to get people to refocus on Jesus, their new identity, and get them to understand some things and stop trying to do. The author of Hebrews pressed this so hard, so hard. They refused to enter the rest of Jesus. They are saying, I don't believe in Jesus. They wanted more work to do. They wanted to keep going back to the temple so they can receive uh, forgiveness by way of animal blood sacrifices. So we got to start telling the truth to people, um, which includes, you don't need a revival. All right. Traffic jam here, just a second. Morning. All right, guys. <laughs> so I hope this has encouraged you today. Um, always tell the truth about yourself. What's the truth? You're fully alive in Christ. Christ, who is your life, already lives in you. You're not reliving to receive more life. You've got all of it. You've received all of the life of Christ. Christ, who is your life, Colossians 3. Because he lives, you will live. Hebrews 7. Because I live, you will live. He's telling you all these things that you have life. You don't need re-life. We don't need to tell people to re-life, re-life. We need more re-lifing. No, we don't. We're spiritually dead. So the truth about yourself is you have been given the life of Christ. You can trust him. You can be yourself. You can make mistakes. You don't need your forgiveness threatened every time you make mistakes. Christ is not getting up and down on a cross every time you sin. And that's the only way you could be forgiven again and again and again. He's resting. It's finished. Mature. <laughs> Grow. Learn. Try things out. Don't be hard on yourself. Understand that you lack nothing. You have all you need for life and godliness. You're complete. You're alive. You're fully alive, friend. All right, so I hope you guys have a, a great weekend. Hope you have a great Friday. And remember, God is always for you. He's not two-faced. He's not causing you problems and then swooping around to the other side trying to comfort you. That's what psychopaths do. That's what religious people do. They put it on you. And then they're, oh, let me help you. No, God's not like that. He's for you. Always for you. All right, he loves you. Be yourself today. Always tell the truth about yourself. You're righteous, you're holy, you're blameless. You're a new creation. You lack nothing. You're a child of God. Your mind is being renewed. There's nothing wrong with your flesh. You're not sinful. You're not sin. You're growing. You're forgiven. Truth. You're alive. You're fully alive. All right, guys. Love y'all. Thanks so much for joining me on this Walk Talk. Please be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with others. Subscribe right now so you don't miss out on any new content. To be encouraged daily, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want even more information on my ministry or to check out my books, go to 
www.mattmcmillan.com.